0: So, Zab and I are going to kind of talk this morning, and he's going to share more about the heart of uh, this church plant, uh, as he's been called to be the man to spearhead this work and to launch this church. And so, Zab, why don't you share with us, first, first of all, what drew you to the city of Ashland? Ashland, Oregon, a lot like Eugene, super liberal, college, all of that. Like, yeah. what
1: drew you personally to that city? Well, um, the first thing was I initially um, did not have a draw uh, to the city of Ashland when I felt... Um, a call on my life a long time ago to church plan, I always uh, felt in my heart like I would be in a big city. Uh, I felt like a big city type person. There's naturally a lot more people in the city, so a lot more opportunity. So uh, for a long time, I had Australia in my heart. And even when I came here, I shared that with Wes and the leaders that I felt like um, I would eventually end up in Melbourne, Australia. And so a few years into my time here, we were kind of praying about that and looking into it. And uh, it just seemed like the more we were, really trying to make that happen. It felt like a closed door. And so I started praying again and uh, even did a prayer tour up the West Coast and uh, went and checked out Vancouver, BC and prayed through there, Seattle, Portland. Uh, I wanted to be in a big city. So I was praying over these big cities to see if the Lord would uh, lead me to one of those. And uh, none of them uh, brought me really any peace. And then just through prayer, honestly, the spirit started putting Ashland uh, in my heart, which I, as quickly as possible, tried to get out of my heart. I was like... No, that is not a big city, and so that's definitely not where I'm going. Kind of tried to pull a little Jonah action there. So um, yeah, I, I kept trying to get it out, but the Lord kept putting it there. And uh, it was just over a period of probably six months of prayer as he kept putting that in there that my heart began to change and actually be real excited about being in a smaller community uh, and just investing long term really my whole life in a small community and being able to see really uh, possibly a whole community transformed by the gospel. So uh, that became really exciting. Another part of uh, personally why I feel God drawing me back to Ashland is that's actually where my story began at. Uh, I was born in Ashland on my living room floor, same place most people in Ashland are born. It's amazing. Uh, and I look forward to one day hopefully delivering some children there as well. Uh, that's all future. But um, yeah, that's, it's my hometown and I, I grew up in Southern Oregon. I have a lot of friends and family down there. And uh, so it just felt like when the Spirit put that in there, it felt kind of exciting to get to be back working with friends and family uh, in a real gospel movement. And so that kind of made sense just practically. Uh, Also, what I feel uh, drew me to the city of Ashland is just there is a really huge need right now. Uh, There are a few churches there that are Bible-believing and Bible-teaching, but they've been established for a long time, uh, and they're not really reaching uh, the next generation. And so I'm really excited uh, to go Go there and to bring something to really the millennials and the young people I want to bring in old as well everybody, but uh, I, f- I feel like that there is just a huge open door there right now, uh, a huge uh, group of people that are being neglected and don 't really have uh, any gospel movement that 's targeting them, and so we 're excited to go there and do that specifically uh, with Southern Oregon University uh, to give you a little perspective at University of Oregon, where I currently run the College of ministry there are probably 10 to 20 other amazing Christian college ministries. It's phenomenal. Uh, at Southern Oregon University right now, there are zero Christian ministries. And so it's a wide open door. When we go and plant, we're going to start right away with a college ministry and uh, be really uh, investing in the next generation. So it's a wide open door, a huge need. And also um, Ashland is really uh, open spiritually, uh, to uh, what I would just call, I guess, uh, spirituality. They like to talk a lot about God and gods and light. They're really open-minded, kind of like the people in Athens in the book of Acts, if you're familiar with that. They're always wanting to hear of, you know, maybe a, a new God. And it's actually interesting. My wife and I were there a couple months ago. We were at Noble Coffee having some coffee around a coffee table that had four chairs. And there was this couple sitting in the other two chairs, probably in their mid to late forties or fifties. And so we sat down, started talking with them. This couple had lived in Ashland for a long time. The husband was a Buddhist and the wife was a Muslim and they were, you know, happily married. And they're like, what are you guys doing here? I was like, oh, we're coming to plant a church. And they're like, what kind? I was like, oh, Christian, you know, we believe in Jesus. And they're like, that's awesome. We want to come like, check that out. And I was like, what? I was like, Yes, come check it out for sure. But it's, it's, it's really cool, actually, how there's just kind of an openness. And uh, so we, we just feel like it's a huge open door. We're excited to go and uh, begin to share the gospel. And I feel like the Lord has brought us to the city of Ashland at a real strategic time where there's a huge need and where we can reach a group of people who really are hungry for it. That's awesome. Seb, why don't you
0: share like your heart and vision for the story in the city of Ashland.
1: Yeah, really our uh, our vision for the church is to help people uh, number one, discover the story of Jesus. That's why we're calling it the story. Uh, we wanna share with people the gospel, which is Jesus's story. And then aside from that, we also wanna help empower people uh, to fulfill the unique role they were created to play within God's story. So um, what I believe is that every single human being was created with a desire in their heart to be part of something great. We, we, we desire to be a part of a great story. And the reason we have that desire is because God created us in his image in Genesis chapter 1 God created man and woman in his own image which ultimately means human beings were created to be in relationship with God our whole purpose for existence was to show other people who God is which means God created us to be a part of his story like his story for humanity was not separate from himself he put himself in it. And so really what we wanna do is twofold. We wanna go to Ashland and bring the story of Jesus. And then number two, we wanna show people that there is a place for them in that story, that God loves them and created them and has a specific uh, purpose for them in his kingdom and in reaching more people. And this is really the pattern that we see in the book of Acts as well, uh, which is the expansion of the early church. As you read the book of Acts, you'll notice over and over again, a phrase which is, And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And people were getting saved and the church grew. And there was two ways that the church grew in the early church. Number one was through the proclamation of the gospel. So in the book of Acts, you'll see Peter preach. You'll see Paul preach. You'll see Philip preach. And people get saved and they become believers. They become disciples of Jesus and they become a part of the church. The second way that we actually see people getting saved over and over again in the book of Acts is through individuals' stories stories being spread throughout different cities, people hear their testimony, people hear their stories and what God is doing in their life, and more people get saved because of their stories. I want you to see this actually. So flip real quick to Acts chapter nine. This is so cool how God actually designed it this way that our stories would bring more people into his story, which is amazing. So Acts chapter nine is just one example. If you read through the book of Acts, you'll see this over and over again. Look at verse 32, it says, Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. And there he found a man named Aeneas bedridden for eight years who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. Now, verse 35, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. So check this out. God healed miraculously this man and then all the people within that city, Lida and Sharon, saw him. They heard of what God did in his life and they all turned to the Lord. So two entire cities got saved, placed their faith in Jesus because of this man's story, because of what God was doing in his life, which is amazing. Now check this out, verse 36. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in the upper room. So one of the disciples, she got sick, she died. Look at verse 40, Peter Put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. So again... This lady dies. She's miraculously raised from the dead. And then people in the city heard her story, heard of what God did in her life... And many people believed in the Lord through her story. So part of our vision is, number one, proclaiming the gospel. We believe that through that, through telling the story of Jesus and his redemptive work on the cross, people will come to faith in Jesus. And number two, part of the uh, culture we're trying to build is a culture of storytelling. Where people share their stories. Where people are telling of what God's doing in their life. Where you're at a coffee shop and you randomly start having a conversation with a Buddhist and a Muslim. And you invite them to church. And what do you know? God uses your story story to bring more people into his story so uh, that's kind of our vision as we're heading down there we're sharing the story of Jesus and we're building a culture where people are sharing what Jesus is doing in their life with other people so we can see the kingdom expand that's awesome yeah
0: when when I said this earlier but when Paul went to the cities he went to he was really strategic in fact Jesus was strategic Jesus Acts chapter one verse eight He said, here's how we're going to expand the gospel. You're going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus had a clear plan of how the gospel was going to uh, expand. When Paul went to cities, he just didn't go to a city like, oh, Jesus, everybody needs the gospel, so I'm going to go to a city. He went to cities that were strategic cities that would spread the gospel around them once he planted a church there. So Paul was a very strategic missionary not only that, but he would go to strategic people to launch the church. So Paul wasn't like targeting everyone. Paul was targeting specific groups of people to launch to be the initial people that helped launch the church in that city. So when we came here, we targeted college students on the U of O campus. And through that, we reached young people, older people, everybody in between, young families and so on and so forth. Um, And so. It's important that when you go to a city that you have a target. You're like a sniper, right? Uh, You have a target of who you feel like God is initially calling you to target to start and launch the church. Um, Zav, what do you feel like as you've been praying and thinking and strategizing is your target to launch the church?
1: Yeah, our target primarily uh, is the millennials and specifically uh, the people at SOU Um, I kind of shared a little bit about how there is no ministry there right now. However, uh, about seven or eight years ago, one of my good friends, James, who's a doctor, he lives in Ashland, um, he had a college ministry that he ran on the SOU campus. And I came into a relationship and a friendship with James through this ministry. Uh, He himself is not a teacher, so I would come in pretty regularly and teach at this ministry. And uh, there was a real hunger for it. It was amazing. There was so many college students coming out, uh, being discipled, being loved growing in their faith and uh after a season of time it became a student-ran organization and after this kind of freshman who took that over grew up and became seniors and graduated that ministry just kind of died out and so uh After that point, there really was no ministry. And so there is a huge need. There's a huge hunger on the campus. One of my good friends, Judd, who goes here to U of O, part of Ecclesia College, he was at SOU for a few years before he came here. When he came to Ecclesia, he was like, man, the college ministry here is something that I was like praying for and wishing was at SOU. And I was like, man, like that's where we're going. That's what we're going to be doing. So uh, because there is just such a huge need there, that's primarily who we're going to be reaching out to and targeting and we really do believe that as we invest in the next generation, uh that they will become leaders in the church and ultimately we can reach more people than just the millennials. And so uh that's our target, but it really is for everybody as well.
0: Which is kinda cool. Phil Comer, when uh Phil Comer is like a dad to me. You guys know him. He planted uh, a Jesus church. He comes down here at least once a year. Diane was just down here. Um But he said when he planted a Jesus church, which was Solid Rock, they've had all kinds of names, Solid Rock, Jesus Church, West Side, Um, when he planted that church, uh, which ended up being probably the most influential church in Oregon over the last 10 years... um, he planted it, reaching the young people, and he said, when I reached the young people, I got their parents, and I got their grandparents. So by reaching the young people, I reached everyone. And then um, you get their kids when they start making babies. Yes, yes, yeah. and that's why we have over 300 kids that are a part of Ecclesia Kids, which is crazy, but um, we're trying to figure that out right now, um, how, to, how to lead and structure you know, with so many kids at our church, but um, uh, it's really cool. That's a re- great strategy. Um, and I think that's important to have a strategy. We're not just planning a church. We're really thinking it through. We're praying about these things. We're asking God what his heart is to initially launch this. Uh, it's been a blessing for us, I know, as a leadership team, to be able to invest in your life. I've been with you for 10 years. Yep. I was his Bible professor when I uh, taught at a Bible college. I was Zab's Bible professor, um, he can share it with you, but I, I asked him to teach the Bible for his first time ever, and he thought I was crazy, and I told him he couldn't go surfing that day. He had to sit in my office and study <laughs> till he was finished. Um, and that uh,
1: was suffering for Christ. Yeah. I mean, that, that I, was... lo-
0: I love studying, but hey, um, so, uh, I've been with this guy for a long time. Uh, he, he was one of my students. Now he's become one of my closest friends. I love him I like family. And, uh, so I'm, I'm so blessed that we've got to invest in your life. Why don't you share with our church how you feel like Ecclesia has helped prepare and equip you for planning a church? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the first thing is I've been here uh, approximately five years, and the first way that being here has really prepared and equipped me uh, was I honestly just needed a lot of time to grow and mature uh, into the man of God that God was calling me to be. Uh, from my time coming here five years ago to where I am now— Uh, I I feel like I really am a completely different person. And uh, some of you knew me when I first came here. I do apologize for, you know, some of those moments and Facebook videos, which have been removed. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Lord here was really just grounding me. And uh, telling me to remain faithful here because there was a lot of just maturity things that I needed to work on. And the leadership here at Ecclesia, the elders as well, they recognized that and they continued to encourage me in that. And uh, when I screwed up and failed and made mistakes, they continued to give me grace. And so uh, a lot of my preparation was just um, growing up and learning to become the man that God was calling me to be. And a lot of that took place through just a patience Um, that the leadership team had with me here. So that was huge. Um, Another huge way that I feel like I've been uh, growing and prepared to plant this church is through just growing and developing in my gifts um, I always have felt naturally uh, the ability to, to speak. Public speaking is like most people's greatest fear. For me, it's kind of like the easiest thing. Uh, I was the student body president in high school running assemblies and I always loved being in front of people. So the Lord really redeemed that and was like, you know what, this is what you're naturally good at. I'm gonna redeem that and let you you know, start teaching the word. And part of that was through... Uh, Wesley kind of recognizing that in Bible college saying, "Hey man, I want you to come and share morning devotions." And I was like, "Yo, I don't I don't know about that, but I'll tell a cool story." So that was my first sermon. It was like a 15-minute cool story and then like a 1-minute and you know what, guys? This doesn't have anything to do with a story, but Jesus loves you guys. So let's pray. And then Wesley was like, "Man, that was so good. You're on again next week." And I was like, "Oh man, I got to think of another story." Okay. So um, that's basically uh, uh, how I began in my gift. But through being an ecclesia uh, and being the leader of the college ministry for the last five years, I've grown a ton uh, as a teacher of God's word. Also, uh, just in my leadership ability, uh, like Wesley shared, planting a church isn't just about being a good Bible teacher. Uh, it's about leading people. It's about leading an organization. It's about management. And so that really, if I'm, if I'm honest, was my greatest weakness. Uh, when I came here, I, I could teach the Bible, but I didn't really understand the whole leadership part. So over the past couple years, I've really been focusing on that uh, and growing and developing and cultivating my gifting as a leader. And uh, I've built up a college leadership team over the past couple of years, which is amazing. I'm so excited that when I leave, I know the college ministry is going to continue to thrive because of the leaders that we've invested in. So um, yeah, my investment here that Ecclesia has given me is just opportunity. Opportunity to grow, uh, opportunity to fail and continue to grow, opportunity to teach, opportunity to lead and uh, one other thing that Ecclesia has really taught me and shown me is the importance of investing in the next generation, importance in investing in future leaders Uh, if the church does not do that it's only going to last one generation And uh, I think part of the reason Ecclesia has been so successful is because of uh, Wesley's ability to recognize leaders and to give them opportunity and to coach them and develop them. And this is something Ecclesia is phenomenal at and uh, super passionate about. We have summer internships coming up. We want to invest in the young people, bring them onto our team. We do summer school of discipleship. Uh, There's train, there's learn. Uh, That's one thing that I definitely want to take with me down to Ashland that I felt here is investment from the leadership, and so I want to do that as well for the future generation. I also want to thank you, Wes, for that investment, just recognizing it in me, and just giving me the opportunity. Love you, man. Love you. So um, I also wanted to thank you guys. Yeah. I wanted to thank you guys for for letting me. Um, teach you guys and letting me lead you guys and um, letting me be a part of your guys' life for the last five years. um, As I go to plant a church, if I have not had this five years experience with you guys, I would not be um, prepared or equipped or feel the confidence that I have. And so um, you guys have been a huge part of that. Um, even though you might not know it, you might be like, that dude doesn't even know me, but you guys have uh, been so supportive and I'm super blessed to have been a part of this family and also excited as we do go and plant to stay connected with the Ecclesia family. Uh, I'm sure me and Wessel Church swap a few times a year so we can stay in touch. Tell tell them what you wanted to do before church planning before church planning uh, well there was a couple things i One the main one, thing you told me in bible college uh oh, i forget which one it was it was either a hairstylist or a masseuse and i was just giving wesley a massage backstage by the way kind of injured well, his shoulder and i was kind of loosening have, him up a little bit
0: i have uh, major damage in both my shoulders from sports so i tweaked my shoulder this morning i'm in a lot of pain right now i'm trying not to show it so i was
1: trying to style his hair too back there but i was like i was like oh wait okay whatever So I just put a little grease on. I just kind of shined it up. It looks good though in the light. It's shiny. This is
0: great. So great. So uh, talking about um, intentionality, we have a timeline. We've already gone through a number of stages. We've written down vision um, that we have, that Zav has for church, for Ashlyn, for the story. He, He spent months writing vision. We've done all of our legal paperwork, because you've got to do all that to start a church. Um, and uh, now we're heading on the last uh, you know, two-thirds of our, our vision in leading up to plant this church. So we want to share a little bit about this with you. You can take a picture if you want to keep praying about these dates. These are all significant dates leading up to launching uh, the story. First of all, May 13th, June 17th, and July 22nd, um, Zav's going to be doing an Ashland Com- Community Connect Connecting with the people there. Why don't you explain that real quick?
1: Yeah, so the the Community Connect, our first one actually is coming up this Saturday, which is really exciting. And uh, our heart and purpose behind these Community Connects is to begin to uh, build deeper relationships with the people who are on the ground there. And also begin to share our DNA and our vision with people who are maybe curious. It was once said that the gospel is not just theological; it's sociological. So, our our main heart in this is to just build relationships, because the gospel spreads through relationships, right? You can have all the theology in the world, but if you don't have relationships with people, you're not going to be able to share that with them. So, our purpose behind these is just to begin to build community and relationships with people who are there in Ashland. We've reached out to a, a lot of my core who's already down there in Ashland in Southern Oregon. I've invited friends and family to invite their Friends and family, so that we can begin to share just kind of our vision and what we're going to be doing with them. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Then, August 6th will be Zav's last Sunday on our staff, and we're going to have a Sunday. That's a Sunday. We're going to have a send off party as a church for the, the church plan. We're going to pray over him. We're going to ch- talk about it as a church. We're going to pray together. It's going to be a great, great Sunday. So I know summer, well, once school gets out, things are a little crazy around here, everybody like goes on vacation every weekend, so try to put this on your calendar. Uh, August 6th, um, be there, because this is going to be an important event in our church's history. We're going to send off Zav and Lisa, uh, who are going to co-found this church. It's going to be amazing, and so we're going to do a send-off party here at Ecclesia August 6th, and then from August 13th through the 24th, after August 6th, we have our staff uh, retreat. We go to um, we go to Sun River, yeah. and Zav and Lisa are going to come with us right after August six, and we're going to have a great time with them uh, as they leave, and just praying over them, and talking about our church and the next phase as we work together. So that's going to be exciting for us. Uh, but then August thirteenth through twenty fourth, um, those are Sundays. All every Sunday leading up to the church plant, Zav's going to be doing some core team building there. You wanna share about that as well?
1: Yeah, that's just with with the people who we have met through the Community Connect, with the people who we have uh, built relationships with, that's gonna be weekly investment where again, we're just pouring in a ton of heart and vision to our leaders and to people who are gonna be serving in the church. And so uh, for the final eight weeks leading up to the plant, we're just gonna be holding weekly gatherings, praying together, strategizing together and uh, just creating momentum leading up to the plant. Organizing, organizing,
0: kids' team, yep. worship team, admin like all that good stuff. That's gonna be great. Yep. Um, and then August 26th. Uh, is an open house in Ashland where myself and some of the leaders of our church are going to go down there and do a Q&A with the people, share. Sav's going to share. So you could share about that real quick as Yeah, well. the
1: open house is cool. It's going to be uh, Ecclesia's leaders coming down as well and sharing with the people in Ashland at an open house, uh, kind of what we're doing here. Them sharing and affirming that, you know, we want to plant this church. Uh, we feel called to the city of Ashland. And again, just building more relationships with people and beginning to invest in really the core. And then September 23rd, Ashland
0: Outreach. Let me explain that to you because we want you to be a part of this. We're we are going there. That's a Saturday. We're going to spend the entire day there. We're going to invite everybody from our church and we want you to come along. And basically, here's what we're going to be doing that day. We're going to be praying over the city. So everybody's going to be in everybody's going to have a team. You're going to be given an area. This will be very strategic and planned out and prepared. Um, and you're going to pray over that part of the city, and we're going to invite people. So we're going to blitz the city with little invite cards, inviting people to the launch of the church, Uh, and we hope as many people as possible are able to come down there for a day, bring your kids, whatever. Um, This is awesome. Let them see something launch in the work of God. You're like, I've got kids. Bring them. They get to see something like this take place in their lifetime as a young kid and their parents invested in it, That's an awesome discipleship opportunity. And so we want you to come along. We're going to blitz the city with
1: prayer and invites. And then
0: October 1st is our launch Sunday. Why don't you share why we chose that date?
1: Yeah, so October 1st, um, that is one week into the calendar year for Southern Oregon University. So on that Saturday, the week before, we want to invite the whole Ecclesia body down to blitz the entire city. Then when you guys come back, we're going to have an entire week there in Ashland to kind of blitz the campus and uh, meet people on the campus and promote so that going into the launch day, October 1st, we've already hit the whole entire city and uh, had a whole entire week to reach the campus as well. So uh, it's real strategic and really exciting
0: that's awesome we are so excited and feel really privileged and thankful to god for this opportunity um uh, investment this is going to take not just intentionality we have a plan we've been working toward that plan also now that we've done we're, we've finished the second stage of our plan finishing all the the paperwork and the legal paperwork and he's you know incorporating all that stuff not the stuff that you guys need to know about but uh <laughs> he's legit now um But uh, now we're going to be, Zav and I are going to be traveling to a number of churches that we are friends with and meeting with church planting pastors, some who are in the early stages, some who did it and were like super successful and they're leaders in the church in America. We're going to be traveling to different churches so that we can learn from them uh, because they've planted. And so Zav can learn from those who have planted as well because we don't, you know, any church that thinks that they can do this solo on their own and not learn from others, that's silly. We want to learn from as many people as possible because we want to do it really well. Uh, we don't think we know everything and have it all down. We're always trying to learn from other churches and other friends uh, who are lead pastors of other churches. Uh, in our kids, uh, in our uh, Ecclesia kids right now, we're like exploding with kids. We've got uh, over 300 kids that come uh, every month that are a part of Ecclesia kids and um, that's a lot of kids. So we've been learning from different churches. Bridgetown, my friend John Mark Homer, we went up to his church on a Sunday and we looked at everything they're doing and they're like, you guys have way more kids than we have. And so we're trying to figure this out. Our friends at Reality LA and, and churches down in Los Angeles, I was just down there, like trying to learn from them. And so we're a church that, that we care about relationships with other churches and we always want to learn. Uh, The best leaders have a humble posture to always learn. And we want to be that as a church. And so planning a church, we want to learn as much as possible. Uh, So in the next uh, three or four months, Zav and I are going to be visiting other places, learning from them, all leading up to the launch of this. But talking about investment, um, we uh, initially threw out uh, that we would like to raise $50,000, which is not a lot of money. Uh, to uh, fund the initial uh, stages of this church plant. We're already halfway past that, and we have never given a formal announcement. It's just kind of been loose, like, hey, yeah, you know, can I give to this? And we're like, yeah, you can give to this. Um, And we would share kind of like our idea. And uh, some people have given like $50. Some people have given checks of $10,000 towards this already. So there's already been people that have felt prompted, but this is our formal announcement. We are having a separate bank account, uh, called the Story Church Plant. We'd like to raise $50,000. We're already halfway there for the initial stages of the launch. Listen, running a church is really expensive. Starting a church is really expensive, just like anything else in life. Running a business is expensive for you business owners. So planting a church is expensive. We want to fund Zav, Zav's salary, uh, as Zav and Lisa go there, for the initial season of planting before they have people that are a part of their church giving we want to fund uh, their rent because they're going to have to rent a facility. So we want to fund that. We want to fund the purchase of all their equipment, getting all their legal paperwork, all, the, all that stuff. We want to fund the initial stages so they don't have to stress about that. So they can launch in and fully invest in their mission and they have a church behind them investing financially uh, into those first six ish, six-ish months. And then after that, we're going to kind of reevaluate where we're at But we're definitely going to be uh, footing the bill for all things for the first six months of the church plant. And uh, we're happy to do that. So uh, if you feel prompted, uh, first of all, we want to be invested in this. We tell our leaders at this church, if you're not invested, you're not invested. So every leader is invested financially into our church because I give every month. I have never missed a month of giving at our church because my heart is invested in this work. I believe in it. So we want you to pray, God, how, how would you want me to invest financially into this? Uh, you know, it could be $5, which is awesome. It could be $50, awesome. It could be $500 or $5,000 or whatever God prompts you. You can write a check. Just put in the memo, uh, the story church plan. You can give on our website or on the app, uh, PushPay that we use. A lot of people are giving that way. You can bring a check to the office, but just make sure to put in the memo, the story church plant, and we have a separate bank account for this. All those funds are going to go to uh, starting, launching, planting uh, the costs of this church in its early stages. So you can do that. Uh, We encourage you to be invested. This is uh, above and beyond our normal monthly budget, so just ask the Lord, Lord, would you have me to give uh, more than I normally give over the next three months or four months, or maybe it's just a one-time check that God wants you to write. Um, knowing Ecclesia, by the end of this month, it will be fully funded. Because you guys are awesome and super generous. And so um, we want to do that, and it's going to cost money. Everything costs money in this world. That was the number one piece of advice my friend Lauren Anderson gave him. Church planning costs a lot of money. So you need to understand that. Um, and so we want to be fully invested in this To end this, we're going to sing some worship after this, because what a great Sunday to worship God. But to end this, we have a video that we want you to watch. So we're going to turn down the lights, focus up here on the screen. This kind of uh, brings us to a summary of what we're doing.
1: Stories. Why is our culture so infatuated and captivated by stories? Why do children love falling asleep to the voice of their parents telling them bedtime stories? Why do our minds compose new stories at night as we fall asleep and begin to dream? What is it about Snapchat or Instagram stories that millennials love so much? How is it that while watching a masterpiece on the big screen or from the stage, we're able to completely forget about reality? Or why is it that a good book can keep our imagination lost in its pages for hours on end? The reason we all love stories is because deep down, we all dream of being part of a story that's far greater than the one we're living. But where does this desire come from? Why do we dream of being part of a story bigger and better than our own? What if I told you the reason we all have this desire deeply woven into the fabric of our souls is because God Himself created you to be a part of His story, an eternal story. You have been casted by the greatest storyteller ever to play an important role in the most incredible story ever written in fact before time itself began god had a place for you in his master script of redemption hey ashland i'm xavier Brasseur. and in september 2017 my wife lisa and i will be starting a brand new church called the story ashland is a city that's deeply rooted in storytelling In fact, the very heartbeat of Ashland's culture is built around the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which has drawn hundreds of thousands of people every year to watch the most spectacular stories unfold on stage. Ashland is also the city where my story began. I was born in Ashland and grew up in the Rogue Valley. And after moving away for many years to study and teach the word of God, God has placed a heavy burden on our hearts through much prayer to come back to Ashland and share the story of Jesus with the city. Our vision and heart for the church is to see the story of Jesus radically transform the stories of those who are far from him. We believe that Jesus is calling us to partner with him to help people discover the unique role they were created to play within his story. We would also like to invite you to partner with us as we begin this new chapter. If you feel God is calling you to contribute to the story Jesus is writing for the city of Ashland, there's a few ways you can partner with us. Number one, pray. Pray that God would give us favor to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus. Number two, give. We would like to invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a financial contributor to the work God has called us to in Ashland. Stepping out in faith to start a new church requires a lot more resources than we can provide on our own. And so we're asking the body of Christ to come together to use what God has given us to see his kingdom expand in Ashland. And number three, join us. If you live in the Rogue Valley or feel God calling you to move to the Rogue Valley, we would love to meet you and have you join our team and help find a place for you to serve in the story. We're so excited to get to be a part of this storytelling community and would love to personally hear each and every one of your stories. We believe that every person has a story worth telling and every story can be used by God. Come and see how your story can become a part of his story. Through that story. Yeah. This is
0: so exciting as a church to be able to do this. And uh, I'm going to pray. And uh, then we're going to sing to Jesus. And I just encourage you, out of gratitude this morning, just to thank God for his goodness.